Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. April 19th, 2022. 10 questions for Netflix's Q1 2022 earnings interview tonight. Here are 10 questions investors should want answers to from Netflix management on tonight's Q1 2022 earnings interview. Number one, can an SVOD service reach 500 million subs, let alone 1 billion, without an advertising tier? Following the news that Disney is launching an ad-supported tier for Disney Plus in late 2022, there has been significant investor discussion of whether a lower-priced ad-supported tier is inevitable at Netflix. That chatter only escalated after Netflix CFO Spence Newman recently stated, We have a really nice scalable subscription model, and again, never say never, but it's, meaning an ad-supported tier, not in our plans. But other folks are learning from it, so it's hard for us to kind of ignore that others are doing it. But for now, it doesn't make sense for us, end quote. On top of that, two unaffiliated industry executives with significant streaming experience, Kevin Mayer and Jason Kylar, stated advertising on Netflix was inevitable. Ultimately, the question is how big is the TAM for an SVOD-only service, and how do you think an ad-supported SVOD tier changes the TAM, if at all? What are the biggest risks to Netflix introducing advertising? We see them as follows. Downgrades from ad-free to ad-supported in mature markets like the U.S. and Europe, which are really the only places with a robust ad market. Lower viewership and higher churn. Need to escalate ad load to compensate for falling viewership. Push users more towards Amazon and Apple that remain focused on ad-free viewing. Note, so far, the only companies with legacy advertising businesses to support have added ad-based tiers. Number two, password sharing crackdown. There was a report in March that you were testing new features designed to crack down on password sharing. What have you learned from the initial rollout? Why was now the right time to test this? Is it a reaction to slowing subgrowth? The features were initially rolled out in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. When can we expect to see this in your more mature Netflix markets? Number three, is gross ad weakness tied to connected TV slowdown? On last quarter's earnings call, management was uncertain as to why gross ads lagged in Q4 2021. Given the pull forward in demand for smart TV sales during the pandemic and the supply chain issues that have impacted TV sales the past couple of quarters, curious how much of the gross ad weakness can be attributed to sales of smart TVs around the world. Have you seen any changes in smart TV demand in early Q2 2022? Number four, M&A risk factor. You recently updated the risk factors in your filings to include changes tied to strategic acquisitions and investments. Netflix has historically taken a build not buy approach with most acquisitions quote-unquote tuck-ins of relatively small IP franchises or small game studios to help jumpstart your entry into video games. Should we look at this risk factor addition to mean your acquisition cadence will accelerate and or that the scale of acquisitions will increase? Is it tied to video games or broader than that? Number five, Netflix Games Report Card. It's been about nine months since you first announced Netflix Games. You have made a handful of studio acquisitions, but there is yet to be a breakthrough hit, and it does not seem like awareness of Netflix games is particularly high among users. Do you agree with that, or does usage data prove otherwise? Can you discuss your early learnings from gaming and or what type of users' demos are playing Netflix games? Also, Greg Peters said on the Q4 2021 earnings call, quote, We're open to licensing, accessing large game IP that people will recognize, and I think you'll see some of that happen over the year to come, end quote. How important is is it to bring a large, recognizable franchise onto the platform to jumpstart awareness? And should we expect this to be a 2022 event? Number six, reaction to U.S. price increase. In January 2022, you raised price across all plans in the U.S., 
with the standard plan going from $14 to $15.50, and as shown in the Verge chart below. Curious whether you saw a higher level of downgrades from premium to standard versus prior price increases as you reach the $20 price point for premium, or has the mix of plans remained relatively stable? Given the breadth of content on Netflix, are you still comfortable with the view that blended ARPU should eventually be $20 to $25 per month in the U.S.? Number seven, why two thumbs up? You recently rolled out a two thumbs up button. You've always said that the algorithm is driven by what people actually watch, not what they say they watch via ratings. Why add this feature now? What is its purpose? Do ratings now matter or is it just an additional layer of interactivity with no broader read through? Number eight, Verizon Plus Play. Back in March 2022, Verizon announced a streaming aggregation hub called Plus Play that is set to launch later this year. One of the initial participants is Netflix. Curious why you chose to participate in Plus Play and whether you view it as purely a billing relationship to lower churn via bundling with other services. How does it impact your relationship with your subscribers, if at all? Are there any downsides to participating in Verizon's Plus Play offering? Number nine, India lower prices. Last quarter, you talked about the price changes decreases in India being revenue accretive, meaning you are adding more than enough subscribers to offset the lower price plans. Curious whether that continued throughout Q2, what has happened to churn rates in India, and how your share of streaming time spent has increased. How do you think about the TAM in India now that you've been there for several years relative to your comment back in 2018 about the next 100 million sub-market coming from India? Number 10, stock buybacks. Following the sell-off of Netflix stock after Q4 results, co-CEO Reed Hastings personally bought between 375.29 and 393.47 on January 27th and January 28th. This was a clear sign of management confidence in the future of the business. Now the stock is lower. Should Netflix be taking this opportunity to accelerate buyback plans to the benefit of all shareholders?